Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 30, as the New York Rangers split with the Carolina Hurricanes and the Arizona Coyotes. They are 7-3-0 and zero in their last 10. Pittsburgh Penguins are climbing up the charts. The New York Rangers are in trade mode. I think there's one right on the horizon, and we're going to get right into it all. Uh, and Andy is back finally. So Andy, how are you doing? You know, I'm burning the candle at both ends here, uh, but I'm happy to be back on my own podcast. It's been <laughs> killing me not to be to miss the last few, but trust me, uh, I would usually would try to make it work. It's just the amount of plates I'm trying to spin right now has been, yeah, really uh, frustrating and annoying. Uh, and especially with the Rangers being so this is like the the most juiciest time of the year as a Rangers fan right now, you know, with gearing up to the trade deadline, especially with the way they're playing and the position that they're in. Uh, yeah, so it's been really killing me to miss the last few podcasts, but I'm very happy to be here. And I will say it was obviously nice to be able to listen to this podcast without knowing what was said and as just as a listener. And uh, yeah, great podcast in my stead. So I don't know what that says about the quality when I'm on it, but uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to be back. And uh, like you said, there's plenty to talk about. Yeah, I see. I can't do too much without you because I kind of need you to to wheel me in. If I get too far off the cliff, or if I, you know, have <laughs> you, you know my buddies who uh, it's kind of a Rangers echo chamber in our chat. Uh, so you know, we can't uh, have too many of them on because I'll I'll really just spin tail out of control. But uh, I hate I hate to say this, Andy, but um, we can get into the games and everything, but it, it it's not looking good for me right now. Uh, I, I have a feeling that you're going to have to really, I don't know, take control of all my emotions for me. And I don't know if you want to juggle that while moving and just dealing with all the trade rumors now having to deal with me making absurd comments about the New York Rangers and, and in particular, a couple players that we'll get into. but. Before we get into that, I do want to get into the games. Uh, do you want to talk about the Coyotes game first? Because I feel like the other game was a little bit more important against the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, sure. Um, All right. Yeah. yeah. So that works. Well, no, no. I, I mean, just my own thought process from the Coyote game was it was a must win game. 
a rebound game. I know they had some travel difficulties, so kudos to the Rangers for, you know, kind of reawakening and, uh, you know, finding a path to win and get two points that they desperately needed after losing a tough one. So, you know, that's kind of where I got out of it. Uh, I, but there's a little bit more to both of these games that I want to get into after you give me your take, especially the Coyotes sure. game. Yeah, like you said, we had, you'd heard that not only were they, they had some difficulties after a, a tough loss to the the Hurricanes, uh, they were delayed taking off in Raleigh, so they didn't get home until the wee 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 hours in the morning. And yeah, that was obviously a uh, like I had said, a rough loss for them. Uh, so you definitely expected some heavy legs, and lo and behold, the first period they <laughs> heavy legs. They look sluggish, and uh, Arizona goes up on them pretty quickly, and. It just it had the feeling of one of those games where you're like, it's not going to be their night tonight. And, you know, and that's not to say that despite their record. uh, That the Coyotes actually have been playing pretty good as of late. I mean, if you remember when the Rangers faced them in uh, Arizona for I thought the Coyotes pushed and carried play for the better parts of that game. But the rain just couldn't uh, match up to the Rangers overall talent level in the end. You know, uh, Arizona, I believe brought Vegas to OT in a pretty close game uh, a couple of games ago. And, you know, and then, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, like I said, they, they've had some good goaltending performances recently. And yeah, l- listen, that's a team that is devoid of most skill and talent, but they still have some good pieces there. Uh, like you said, they still have Kessel and Schmaltz and, and Keller. I mean, these are guys that you don't want. Those aren't the guys you want driving the bus, which is why they're in the position they're in. But they're perfectly good complement uh, complementary scorers. Uh, yeah, and like I said, so it, this had it just from the get go from the puck drop. It kind of felt like oh boy, <laughs> like the Rangers are about to that loss mental to the Canes mentally has broken the New York Rangers, and they are now going to begin the slide that everyone is kind of been predicting them to eventually go on a big slide. But they they keep at it, and you know you can say a lot of things, but you notice that Truba was probably the only Ranger who I thought was flying from the the puck drop all game, especially considering I didn't think he was that good against uh, Carolina, and yeah, it's just not going their way. But you see, um, on the third Coyotes goal in the second period, there's a clear that accidentally hits one of the linesmen, I believe, and then. Arizona is able to collect it off the boards and make a, a bang bang play and score. And Truba was absolutely pissed. He was incensed by it because it's like, you know, it's just bad luck. But I don't know. It just after that, then obviously the Rangers uh, take a dumb penalty as they are waiting to do. But uh, they sure, uh, sure they score a shorthanded goal, pretty much orchestrated by Truba on a great breakout and then just being aggressive with the puck in the zone. Uh, you know, he scores. Truba scores the first goal in the first period, and then. You know, him, uh, Kreider, and Zibanejad connect for a shorthanded goal, and that turns the tide, and the Rangers explode for offense, and they end up end the game winning, you know, what, seven to three? So, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was a must win game, especially after a hard loss. They've been collecting the points, more points than they should recently, which is good. But if you're going to lose a game that you should lose to a team that's probably better than you, you have to win games that you should win, right? So, uh, and that's what they did. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, obviously it was good for them to kind of get some good feeling back after, like I had said, uh, just a tough, demoralizing loss to the Canes. 
Kreider is now leading the national or at least tied for the league leading goals in the national hockey league, which is if you had told us that going to the season, we would have, we would have thought you were, you know, drunk high or both somehow. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Rangers top dogs are, are going right now. Fox is, is going, Panarin's going, uh, Kreider's going, Zabanjad's going, and you know, even players like Truber are only going, but I guess the problem with this team right now is that Outside of maybe some good stints from their fourth line, they're literally the the bottom six of their lineup is just devoid of any contribution. So that's their biggest problem uh, slash area of need heading into uh, the trade deadline. So yeah, like you said, James, it was a must win game, and luckily they they won it. Uh, so that's good. But again, I think like you, uh, not as much of a litmus test against the Car- uh, the Arizona Coyotes as it was the night before against the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, but you know what? They're on your schedule. Uh, they're they're not playing that bad, and you had the win, and you had to play them on a day after where you played the best team in the National Hockey League. My my problem and this dark cloud that is uh, is filling my soul right now is we have a third line problem, and it's really really tough for me to watch this New York Rangers team against the Carolina Hurricanes and watch a fourth line of McKeg, Rooney, and Reeves dominate more than our third line and players like Kako and Lafreniere and Hedl, those guys do absolutely nothing. And I truly think like that's our fourth line. Like if you took, if you took, you know, I I think Gallant kind of has had enough. I, I think he's at a tipping point right now with some of these guys. Uh, you know, I know Kako had an upper body injury and so does Heedle, but I think that's an excuse. I mean, these guys just flat out don't belong with this team right now. And, you know, I know I know that's an overreaction, Andy, but I- I'm done with Kako and I'm done with Lafreniere. As far as I'm concerned, they're just, they're Heedle except two years behind. And they don't show me anything. They, they're lost. The, Lafreniere, the only time I've ever seen him is when he takes a dumb, bad penalty. And, you know, I don't care what the analytics say, the eyeball test, they fail, the stat sheet, they fail. And, you know, I don't care if they play good defense. I mean, these guys are supposed to be bona fide NHL players and they disappear. And we, we, I personally, as a New York Rangers fan, can't have this happen because I know there's potential for a guy like Kreider to go disappear. There's potential for Zibanejad to disappear and him to dry up. There's potential where Panarin is an injury away, Fox an injury away for those guys not to contribute. This is why Stanley Cup teams can score and beat you in every single line. Their fourth line are are grinding out and they can put the puck into net in big moments. The Rangers, I believe their fourth line does create chances and you saw them against Carolina being perfectly capable of holding their own. And then you saw you know, uh, you know, there's a Ben and Jad, you know, Kreider line, you know, they're right there. They're hanging in with the, you know, the league's best. And then, you know, have a line driven by Panarin and, and I want to see more out of Strom. I'm, I'm losing faith in Strom because he takes bad penalties. He, he can't really shoot the puck anymore. I, I mean, he's shooting the puck like 10 feet wide sometimes. And Andy, I'm, I'm, I know our record doesn't say this. I am losing faith in this team. Like, I don't see this team at all competing in the playoffs. Like, we are one and done. And we'll be lucky if we win a game in the playoffs. And, you know, I kind of, I don't want to just throw that in your lap 
um, we can kind of dissect it first, but I, I really want to hear your thoughts and, and especially about Lafreniere and Kako, because I, I think that's the most concerning. Well, yeah, that's definitely the most concerning thing. Um, yeah, you know, I think the frustrating thing is that you look at, they play Carolina the other night and Seth Jarvis, who was drafted, I, I believe, I don't know, somewhere in the teens, I forget, in Lafreniere's draft, and he scores a pretty nice goal with some speed. Uh, a bit, I think obviously, I think a big problem. And when I look at all the successful uh, rookies coming into the NHL, most of them have one thing in common: is that they have uh, they they are plus skaters. They have speed because it's the NHL skating at the NHL is of the highest level of any hockey league in the world. And to be involved, it's too quick. The game comes at you too fast, and you need to be able to put yourself in the right position at the right moment to play there. And the Rangers, I think, by nature, are a very slow team, as you saw against the Carolina Hurricanes. But at, they have guys that, even though they play slow, I wouldn't say uh, Zabanajad slow. I wouldn't say Kreider slow. Or you have players who are slow, but they have big brains like Adam Fox. You know? So, but that being said, it's just, I just, it's just clear right now that without... Kako and Lafreniere are clearly, and again, listen, Kako has had his flashes, but it sound it does sound like he has looked off for the last little bit. So, and it, you know, with Turk saying he's been dealing with an upper body thing, that wouldn't surprise me if he's been dealing with a minor injury. So, because he looks, you know, he he looks even more lost than at least because at least at points he'd be up and down or like he just couldn't put the puck in the net but he'd have you know good keep ins and things of that nature he was at least playing good defensively and then he's just kind of slowly faded into the wallpaper here and same thing with Lafreniere I, I actually thought coming into him catching COVID he was looking good and then he comes back and he just has it hasn't been the same for him and listen, that's partially on the player, but you, you don't want to say it like that. It's like they want to be better players. I don't think they don't want to be good players, but I just think it's just partially is what it is in terms of their skill set at this time and their strength. And, you know, and I think I think the two of them think the game well enough. I just think their skating really holds them back. I think their lack of strength and engagement really holds them back. And it, it, obviously you can't... Uh, you can't confuse being, you know, being a big kid with being strong. They're not the same thing. There's a difference between the strength of a 20-year-old and the strength of a 25-year-old. And yeah, I th- it is what it is. But that being said, this is also a Rangers problem because they have failed to do this with Heedle. They failed to do it with Kako and Lafreniere. Elias Anderson didn't pan out. Kraftsoff has gone off. And it's, yes, obviously they've, they've done, you could say maybe they, you know, Miller's coming along. Pretty much as you expect, um, which is good. And, you know, I don't know what you want to say about Lindegren, although he spent some plenty of times in the Bruins system. But, um, yeah, I just, it, a lot of it's on them too, because every, what are the most, the two, what is the most successful we've seen Kako and Lafreniere this season? The most successful was we saw Kako with uh, Panarin and Strom, and he eventually figured it out, and they were playing great. And what did they do? They just took him off for no inexplicable reason. And what's the best we've seen Lafreniere this season? Well, when uh, Panarin's out, they put him with Strom and Goodrow, and that line was clicking and creating. So, and what did they do as soon as Panarin was back? They're like, all right, Lafreniere, we're going to just put you somewhere else, you know? So, and put him back to a line that wasn't working before. So, it's part, it's, it's on the players, but it's also on the organization too. They clearly 
are prioritizing winning right now. And it's coming at the cost of the development of these two. Because say what you will, other if this was another organization that was a bottom like a bottom feeder, Kako and Lafreniere would be stapled to the top six with the best players, no matter what, and until it worked out and never moved because it is what it is. You know, they wouldn't be getting the runaround because their development would be first and foremost. But because the Rangers are trying to do two, uh, spin two plates at once, you're you now kind of in the situation you're in where the Rangers are getting are becoming successful this year, which is great, but it kind of comes at the cost of their asking them to be more role player-ish. You know, third line minutes, uh, no, no power play one time to get their confidence and boost their numbers. You know, so then now it's like I, they've in their heads, they've gone so long without scoring. They're not getting any special teams time. It's just, yeah, it's just a mess. So that's, that's, but you, in yeah, Gallant's, that's, listen, and, but in Gallant's defense, yeah, you had a team again, you had a team, Arizona, that sucked and they do nothing. Like Lafreniere did, still did nothing. And yeah, I mean, you but, know, at yeah, least, I, at least go, the goat comes in and at least scores a goal. Like, like why does, why is Rooney more successful? right now playing fourth line minutes and why is Reeves more successful playing fourth line minutes than these guys are playing third line minutes and well yeah I I mean I still maintain I don't think Lafreniere skates well enough to play and I I think he's I think and And I I think think you hit the nail on the head with that I think mentally too I think he's just in because like he does I when I watch laugh laugh he does a lot of the little things I like He's very good about when he's got the puck deep, he get makes sure to get down to the point. But that's the problem. He's almost like he's too unselfish with it. It's like he's got no confidence in his ability to do things. So he's like, he just kind of plays like a role player. So he's invisible because it's like, oh, great. He got the puck back. That's what, what the coach would want me to do. And I'm sure the coaching staff is fine with it. But I just, he just isn't trying to do those things. I would rather watch him try to do a cool little dangle and lose the puck and get yelled at. I mean, I know he doesn't want that, and the coaching staff doesn't want it, but I just think it's kind of what he needs to do. It's like he's got to have confidence in his own game, and it just it just strikes me. A lot of times, it's like he's trying to hold the puck behind the net, and he's losing his battles because he's just not as strong as you know the defenders or the other players he's going up against. You know, he's Like I said, he's a big kid, but he's only 20 years old, and at least... In some of these situations, you have these other players in the league, Lucas Raymond and and Seth Jarvis, and you know, um, uh, yeah, or or uh, Tim Stutzla. Like at least they have blazing speed, so they can rush out of pockets with a puck, and no one can catch them. Lafreniere, he's not, you know, so yeah, and again, so he's being basically if he's going to facilitate, it's going to be with passing, and again, you're sticking him with at times with Philip Heedle, who's got no vision whatsoever, or or uh, Julian Gauthier, who's good with his speed, but he's also, he's not a high IQ player. So it's just, you're basically, so now you're a kid who has top six skill, but it maybe isn't fully marinated yet, being forced to play in the bottom six. And it's just, yeah, it's just not working out. And again, you know, Kako looked good earlier in the year and he's just slowly spaded into the wallpaper, whether that's confidence, an injury, uh, or one caused by the other. I don't know. You know what I mean? But it's just, yeah, it's not, it's clearly the reason that you most likely assume that right now Chris Drury is looking at a forward to Staple to Panarin and Strom, um, or even Kreider and Zibanejad, because, you know, after the last game, he was trying Panarin up with Kreider and Zibanejad, and that line looked pretty damn dominant. You know what I mean? So, um, 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, I mean, that's clearly the Rangers' biggest problem is that they're a big old donut. It's been the problem for the last few seasons. And it's nice when you have Stroman Panarin, but even Panarin hasn't been his as good as he is. And he's still an elite player in this league. He hasn't been just on to the point where it's just him and Strom are just dom- they were dominating early on, but they've just kind of been, you know, for the well, pretty Strom pedestrian for them. <laughs> I think Strom has been struggling. I don't, I don't know what it is. But I, I think mentally he's been been uh, in a spiral right now. I, some of the plays that he makes are awful, and I, I think that you know has a lot to do with you know why Panarin doesn't seem as dominant is because you know he kind of lost his Robin if he was the Batman, and yeah. you know I don't know. I just think Strom. I, I believe Strom will find his game again. Yeah, right I, now, think, I, just, I think overall Strom has been very good this year. I just think the last week and a half to two weeks, I think he's been off. But I thought he was blazing hot coming into this. And when Panera went down, I thought Strom was excellent. But again, I think yes. everyone everyone in Rangers fandom has been saying the same thing. That is like Strom is a drug that we have to get Artemi Panarin like, like hooked off of. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know what the, what the, uh, yeah, what type of what patch you put in instead maybe it is putting him up with Zabanajad and Kreider because him and Mika have obviously when the, when even uh, Quinn at times would super stack Panarin and, and uh, Zabanajad together and they would create some nice plays and even Kreider this the way he's playing this year he's actually shown some good passing ability in that so I think it, it wouldn't totally freeze out all the strengths of a guy like Panarin if anything I think because now that uh, Mika and Kreider are rolling having Panarin is kind of waiting in the weeds makes them that much more dangerous when he's out there. But then obviously your problem is you are ultimately top heavy. You have a dominant first line and then maybe your fourth line is good for energy, but your bottom, your middle two lines are bad. But again, I like the look of the Goudreau, Strom, Lafreniere line, right? But, you know, maybe in a perfect world, that's a third line. So yeah, so obviously the Rangers have too many passengers in the bottom six. Uh, we like Julian Gauthier, but he's, again, he should be a guy, he should really just be on a fourth line somewhere, or maybe a third line winger who just uh, draws a lot of penalties, like a Hagelin type, but it's just, there's too many of that type of player, of too many I, bottom six tweener types on this team right now, and you know, especially because Lafreniere is not ready yet, Heedle is... Basically, is what he is. He's going to be a winger in the league, and that's it. Um, and you know, he's all he's all tools, no toolbox. And it's yeah, it just stinks. So, but this team is winning. So I again, I do say, I think they this group has done maybe at times have done a, especially the youngsters. I do think they've done a good job, maybe focusing on the things that coaches don't harp or harp on, which is great. But I think that has clearly come at the the cost of their own personal development because. Say what you want, but Philip Heedle under David Quinn has looked at at times looked like he was gonna like bust out of the stable. But it's just, you know, Gallant wants his. And I think it was a perfect scenario in Vegas where everyone, you know, where Gallant basically had every every team's like, oh, we love but can't afford to overpay our heart and soul second liner. You know what I mean? So he had a collection of those guys, so they could all play the right way, but all chip in a little bit of offense. And it was a perfect, it was perfect for a guy like Gallant because that's how he likes to coach. Everyone plays the same goddamn way, whether it's, you know, Ryan Reeves or Mika Zibanejad. And they all kind of get commiserate ice time. Although I got to stand up for Ryan Reeves because 
you know, he's making spinorama passes and scoring goals. And I don't know, like, man, like we don't, you can't knock him. He's just, he's getting put in those positions and at least he's doing something, you know? I mean, that's almost, that's more embarrassing. That's not embarrassing for him, but it's embarrassing for the guys who are supposedly supposed to be better than him. You know what I mean? So. Right. And, 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 you know, it kind of goes to my point too. It's just, it's just really frustrating as a fan to watch guys that, you know, you kind of want to see go, but then you're kind of comparing like Kevin Rooney should, you know, we should not be like, well, we kind of need Kevin Rooney in the lineup. Like, I feel like we need Rooney more than we need Heedle. I feel like we need Reeves yeah. more than we need Heedle. Like those players are more important than a guy who's, you know, a 22 year old, 21 year old center that was like, oh, he's got promise. He's got size. He's got hands. You know, it, you know, what is he going to be? And then like he's nothing. He stinks. So, you know, I, I just really hope, you know, and I can just see those two, Kako and Lafreniere, just becoming you know, future heatles where they're just nothing ever develops. And, and I do agree with you. Lafreniere can't skate at this level. I think he should go to the AHL. And I think that would be really controversial right now, but I'd rather him play 23 minutes down in the AHL and just rack up points and then, then be here and kind of just lose all confidence and just not be able to accomplish anything at this level. Kako too. Like I'd honestly send them both down to go play in the AHL. Let them play 25 minutes a game. I don't care if they go out every other shift. They can treat it like men's league. Light it up. Get your confidence back and, you know, come back when this team is ready for you. Uh, otherwise, you're not helping yourself. You're not really helping this team. Uh, you know, we got to look at, you know, right now the New York Ranger, their management should be how are we going to compete in the playoffs? Right? That's their mindset. And I think they're preparing for it, and we can get into some of the trade rumors. I think everyone right now knows that it's kind of writing on the wall that, uh, is it Churchrin? Church, how do you spell Chikrin. it? Chikrin. Chikrin. Is yeah, Jacob be, Chikrin, uh, yeah. Jacob Chikrin is going to be, that's a tough one for me. Um, <laughs> he's going to be, he's, he's going to be a bo- our bottom pairing defenseman, along with Schneider. I, I, and I saw a tweet, I forget who it was, but I kind of agree with it, Andy. I, I think Nils has played his last game as a New York Ranger. I think he'll eventually be out of here too. So, um, and and Schneider, we, we should talk about him too. I, I think he's been excellent. Uh, like I think yep. he's, I think he shows that he's got the strength. He, his game is simple enough to be a bottom pairing defenseman right now. And uh, you know, I, I'm very excited to see what he develops into. So I, I do want to hear your opinion yeah, on, uh, uh, on Schneider. I mean, yeah, Schneider, as far as Schneider goes, he's been excellent. He's pretty much what everything what you thought you were getting with him is that he's not clearly the most uh, offensively talented guy, but he is steady. And if you watch any of the goals he's on the ice for, he's never doing the wrong thing. It's Nemeth is chasing a ghost behind the net or this and that. And he he looks like who looks like the vet in that pairing. He does, and he's cautious but smart. And obviously, you know that there's an element of his nastiness is an element of his game, kind of like Truba and his ability to close off guys. And I wouldn't say nastiness because Truba's nasty, but Schneider is more. He just closes guys off with like assassin like uh, you know quickness, and then it gets back in the play. Whereas Truba is more of a big open ice hitter type guy who with a mean streak. But we haven't seen that as much. 
Um, but you will as a guy as uh, he gets comfortable. But yeah, I mean, he's been great. He's been perfect for what you want him to be. And to you know, just to roll that into the rumors of the Rangers being heavily in on Jacob Chikrin, which would make total sense because obviously they're that uh, that they're they're one defenseman shy of of basically being a a pretty you know strong team. I do wish that Zach Jones had gotten a a, a chance to ride shotgun with Chikrin, but I or excuse me not with Chikrin with uh, Schneider as that pairing. But I will say this: if Chikrin comes in. You have to wonder if Gallant then moves Miller down with Schneider uh, to keep his minutes maybe a little bit more manageable. And not I don't want to say that Miller's done a poor job at all, because I think he's, for playing second-pairing minutes for you know two years in the league, is pretty tough, but he's been good. You know, he's had his mistakes, but he's also had his moments of brilliance, so that's all you really want. And I think Schneider would still be, because he's a cautious player, but he can still skate, I think he would still be a good uh, partner for for Miller. So Chikrin comes in, him and Truba anchor down and that Chikrin and Truba would be a, a, a hell of a pair to try to play against. Cause they're both strong. They're both, I don't think Chikrin's as nasty as Truba is, but he's, you know, he's a strong kid and he's, he's got an edge to him and he's got a, they both Truba, Truba has a heavy shot and Chikrin's got a hell of a release too. You know, he scored how many goals last year in the shortened season um from the point so i think those two just kind of letting it go from all angles could be a recipe for success and you know this is a kid who was getting norris con- uh consideration last season so hey you know what uh if you if they want to st- if and he's young he's got term and especially if maybe you think that he eventually troop is not going to be here in the next three seasons or whatever um yeah it makes sense so and i i will say this i do think it's not out of the realm of possibility that looking at the development path <laughs> of Lafreniere and Kako so far, do, would you really blame Drury for maybe putting more eggs into the now basket than the then the down the road basket? I wouldn't. You know, your team well, is in a, a, a winning sort of position now. They're in a play; they're first in their division. Uh, and if you can add a player like Chikrin, who's young, has term, uh, I don't know why you don't do it. You know. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, well, I mean, I will say I, I do know why you wouldn't do it if the cost is uh, really high, which it might be. But, uh, you know, you said it hit the nail on the head that you, you, at this point you think they're like, you know what, Nils, Nils might never become what they want or he might become an excellent defenseman, but uh, he's clearly not that yet. So, but he's clearly got talent and that's enough to entice teams. So, you know, if you that's offer not a Nils, knock on Nils when I, when I was. No, and that's that the thing. It's just yeah. that the Rangers have too many young defensemen. I mean, you still have Jones. You have now Schneider is now in. They clearly the prefer Schneider to Nils, and that's what the knowledge that Nils' ceiling is definitely higher than Schneider's. But that being said, I mean, I just you look at the way what the Rangers they're trying to forge is their identity. He clearly fits a lot better. So and Schneider, yeah, and Nils has some play, some figuring out to do still, which is not his fault. He and again, I wouldn't be surprised. I trade him to Arizona as part of the package. Whatever ends up being, obviously, uh, I think it was Frank Severali or or Merrick or Freeman. I forget who said it, but Vitaly Kraftsoff is offered in that package. We'll see if Arizona balks at that. But again, if you order, if you offer Kraftsoff, Lungfist, and a first, that's a pretty good package, you know. I mean, hell, even if you order in like, if I don't know if they want all picks or want all players, but hell, even if you just said fuck it, here's Heedle, 
uh, Lungfist and Kravtsov for Jacob Chikrin. Okay. You know, he's, heel's not doing much of anything anyway. Like, so, you know, that, that's where I'm at at this point. The NFL playoffs are here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Wow, okay. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. As everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Again, bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. And that's with promo code THPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older to enter. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. I don't think they're going to be done yet, so I don't know if I want to throw all my eggs in the chicken basket because I do think the Rangers need a couple forwards. Now I think they need two forwards. If you're going to go for it, you need at least two. Um, because we're right now, as far as I'm concerned, Lafreniere, Heedle, and Kako are not going to be able to compete in the playoffs. I like the fourth line right now, but they're realistically not going to be able to compete to the playoffs. We need, we need a couple middle six forwards, like bona fide NHL players. If we're going to compete and have, you know, some of those guys that I just mentioned be pushed to the fourth line or just completely out of this roster. So it'll be interesting to see what Drury does. Rangers have a ton of assets. Um, I don't know if... Here's the thing with the New York Rangers. You have a guy like Giroux, right? He would definitely come in here. I think he'd be an excellent addition if we're going to go for a playoff run. I mean, the guy is just a natural-born leader. Uh, You know, he's been there, done that. He'll, you know, garnish respect. I think he'll... You know, I think he's got a lot of buddies on the New York Rangers, and I, I think he'd be a really good fit. The problem is, how much is a guy like that going to cost? Because he's going to get traded, and you know, and he's a one and done player. So for me, if they can get him at the right cost, and that's like, you know, uh, you know, Rangers have only, you know, like a second and another prospect. You know, maybe, you know, maybe Philly does that. I, I like, I don't know how much he's going to really garnish, but they need someone like a Giroux and then another like role player, like almost like a Sammy Blay type player that can play, you know, third, second line, you know, barring an injury. Yeah, I think, I, I, listen, Giroux is insanely talented. I just, unfortunately, his team needs centers. And I think he, his days of playing center, I don't know how much. If they're if they're past him, uh, but again, talented player, you could put him on the second line or put him on the first line, and then yeah, first hopefully, line. Yep. and that's the thing. I think obviously, once we say we need what you need from this is you need talent to push the guys who who shouldn't be playing in the top six down, and then hopefully that shores up the problems in the middle. So 
no more Dryden Hunt riding shotgun inexplicably with Panarin and Strom or Goudreau getting a look up there or Reeves. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that way, if one of if a line's having a good night, you know, one of the lower lines having a good night, then they're the third line that night. But there should never be, you know, I think Gallant had made a comment that on most some nights, this is lines going good. So there are a second line. Well, it's like, I don't want that to be the thing. If the fourth line is having the game of their lives, that's great. They can be the third line, but I don't want them being the second or the first line. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So, but I mean, to your point, I think this team could really use a utility player who does everything right. Maybe not necessarily score, but everything else like an Arturi Lekkonen type from Montreal would be an excellent ad. and probably wouldn't cost you too much. Um, uh, you know, I mean, you have to wonder if Drury is in talks with Vegas. We know they are going to have to launder some salary for Jack Eichel. So you, does that mean a guy like Riley Smith is available? I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I mean, I, you have to imagine. I think even uh, Jeff Merrick had alluded to the fact that the Rangers are most likely in on a defenseman and a forward or two. So who knows? Maybe he says, you know what? Screw it. We have the assets. We're going for it. So they have a first round pick that's in play. They probably have uh, one or two of, you know, Jones and Lunkbist, Heedle is probably available. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and I, I, I don't know if they're willing to part with one of Lafreniere or Kako, who knows? Because again, that we're upset with them right now, but that in hindsight, that could look awful, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But the, again, well, they I do got, have, I got one for you. Yeah. I got one for you, Andy, and this is probably going to be an off season. I don't think it would be in the middle of the season. Definitely not in the middle of season, actually. McDavid's going to get traded. He's not going to be a Edmonton Oiler. I think he's done. I, I think the Rangers have the best shot to get Mc, uh, Connor McDavid with the assets they have right now. Yeah, so, I just want. I wonder how you make the the salary work, uh, but maybe they can figure things out. You know. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that that obviously is the toughest part, but I think, man, I, I think you do what you have to do to make it work. I mean, you're bringing in maybe the best player to ever put on a pair of skates and you're putting him on a team that can clearly win now. And I know people are probably going to say, well, you're going to have to get rid of some of your your uh, talent that's already paid here. And yeah, that's true. Someone's going to have to go. But you know, I I would do whatever it took to bring in a McDavid here. And, you know, I, I don't care. I don't care how you did it. You just make it work. I, I don't care if the bottom six are making 925 each. You, you do it that way. Um, I just think he's that special. And, you know, I think you might have to lose a Truba or something along the way to shed some of that uh, uh, that cap of the eight million. But you make it work. You you find a way. You make it work. Uh, but I think it's a reality. I think McDavid's not going to be on the Edmonton Oilers for his entire career. Oh no! I mean, you know, they did win last night. So, <laughs> but <laughs> again, got- we'll see how it goes from here on out. Uh, uh, if anything, it might be worse that they win and then they lose again than just keep losing. I mean, like like the Flyers are. Uh, but yeah, I mean. The world is definitely Chris Drury's oyster right now. 
And again, you can look at it two ways. I mean, there's a lot of contingents of Rangers fans. Look, I think everyone knows that this Rangers team is not good at five on five, whether that's overpassing of skill. Like I had mentioned that the, this team is a donut. So they just, they're top heavy and they just don't get contributions throughout their lineup. The fact that they're too comfortable having an elite goaltender in net for them. It can be a lot of things, but uh, obviously good trading for hopefully, knock on wood, good players should shore up that problem. You know, uh, Gallant has had groups in the past with strong five on five analytics. I don't know if I think it's a different challenge playing with too much skill, because, again, there's plenty of teams that have a lot of skill on paper and just can't aren't in the playoff picture, you know, or just sitting just outside of it. So. It's yeah, it's a it's, I don't know. It's kind of a touch and go process. But yeah, again, we'll see if if uh, the New York Rangers in on Chikrin is is not more than just buzz. Uh, they definitely should be going after a forward or two. Um, I've heard the Miller thing shot down a bit. But again, I still wouldn't be surprised if it was. Uh, yeah, there was just mixed signals because, you know, you have to wonder if Miller probably wants out at this point. Right. I mean. That team's not going anywhere for a while. He can see the writing on the wall. Although he did kind of find his his way there, so maybe he wants to be part of the the solution and not get traded out. But um, yeah, I don't know. I th- I think obviously my in, I I would want to ask you, James, if you had to make a like a wish list for not not for specific players, but just for specific positions like wingers, centers, you know, defensemen. What is what is your most? What do you think the Rangers' most pressing need is? Do you think it is a defenseman, or do you think it is a center? Well, a part of me, a part of me thinks. Listen, I, I as much as I think position wise, we definitely need a center. I think centers drive, you know, drive the rest of the line, and they can drive a team. I, I'm not. I'm not sold that the Rangers without a doubt need a center. I almost just think they need some sort of stability somewhere on a line. Like the first line you have Kreider and Zibanejad and you kind of have Kako just floating around. Zibanejad and Kreider can drive that line. That's fine. Same thing with Strom and Panarin. I mean, Panarin drives that line. Strom is a very good passenger and you can kind of throw anybody else there on that line. And I feel like the results are not going to get any worse. The third line, we have nobody to drive. We have a bunch of passengers that are sitting in the back seat. And then the fourth line are a bunch of guys that, you know, are fighting to grab the wheel and working as hard as they can. They create more than they hurt us. Uh, and that's great. And that's exactly what you want. I just don't know if they're ready to do that in the playoffs or if they're going to even be you know, if they're even going to be effective, you know, against, you know, those playoff teams, that's, you know, the jury's still out there. But, you know, it's amazing, you know, everyone knocked the Gaudreau trade, but Gaudreau is one of those like stability, like a stable player that can help like, you know, be a passenger on that line. So part of me is just like, if you got a bona fide winger, and you have Gaudreau, and, you know, even if you made Lafreniere center, Maybe you have something there in the third line where you don't have to worry about it that much. I mean, a part of me, that's how I feel. But obviously, yeah, if you got me a middle, middle center, middle six center, 
just to play even third third line center is really kind of all you need. Someone that can just be there and be you know be there for stability and be there for not a game changing player, but a player that's just going to show up and give the same effort every single night. You know, tough on draws, tough defensively, doesn't give you anything, but also every once in a while can be a spark plug in the offensive zone because you know they create a turn- turnover. Or they win that big face off and they get a big blast from the point. So that's, I think, what the Rangers truly need. But again, I don't think it's just that simple. I really think it's even more simple than that. They just need a bona fide NHL player that can compete at this level day in and day out. But I can ask you the same thing, Andy. Yeah. You know, I- it- you know what's it, you know, I, and for you, I think you follow the trade rumors a little bit more. Is there a player that's getting mentioned that we haven't really ever spoke about, but you know, you're like, you know what, this guy's available. Rangers should be all over him. Uh, no, not really. I mean, again, I when I look at the New York Rangers, I understand that they have eight players on their everyday roster that are 23 and under, so they're overachieving. I don't think it's as much of a smoke and mirrors like. Half the same family is like, this team pulled the wool over our eyes. How dare they think they're good? As much as it's like, you know what? They're somehow doing this with, with you know, players that are still have a couple years of development in them to be NHL regular. So um, as far as that end, five on five, you know, I, I do think as far as it relates to Kako and Lafreniere, they need some more skill in the middle of that lineup to help these guys along it's just it just is what it is if you want them to be anything you need to shelter them a bit um not, not expect them to carry the load it is what it is you don't want it to be that you want them to be able to drive the bus from the outright but it's that's not going to be the case so like i said at the times you know i thought kaka looked the best with playing off of panarin and strom because he's not ready to yeah, I just don't think he's ready to, to drive his own line yet. And same thing with Lafreniere. He looked good with Strom and Goodrow doing most of the work, and he just had to kind of play off them, and it was good. But then when you put the kid line together, they were generating a lot at first, but then they couldn't figure out how to score, so then they just kind of gave got lost their confidence and just kind of, yeah, faded into the wallpaper. So, yeah, I obviously I think a player like JT Miller would be awesome if you could afford him without busting the bank on him, but that's the problem. I think he would cost a lot. And also... If uh, the, most likely, I don't think he gets moved until the off season. I just think that they're gonna. If Jim Rutherford is going to uh, hire a new GM there, eventually, you probably want him in an, or slash making that decision, as has been kind of parroted by hockey pundits around the league. So, yeah. But again, I you know I mentioned Arturi Lek, and I think he wouldn't cost a lot and would fit this team where it need its needs like a glove and. Uh, Chikrin, even though I'm a little scared of the cost, he I think he would make this team better. I mean, clearly he would show up a lot. But then I obviously the worry with the Rangers is that eventually is he gonna become redundant or do they have enough talent in-house to eventually replace him? Is that like are you really addressing an area need or just you're impatient? You know what I mean? So it's tough, but uh yeah, I just think they clearly need help five on five. So they need another so they need someone with good play driving for their for their second line. Well, or I got six. So, yeah, every, every, you have someone in mind. Week, well, I, there's two players I have in mind, and I always t- oh, I well, like the. I, I did think. I'm sorry, I did not not to cut you off. I did think of one person, and 
Okay. It, it, it sounded crazy to me at first, but uh, you know who's a guy who, despite being on a shit team, still has good possession numbers and has a good shot? Uh, Philip J. Kessel. You know, I know, I know that sounds wild. Also, A, I don't know if his middle initial is J. I just thought it sounded good in the moment. Uh, and B, I, you know, again, it sounds, I think everyone's like, oh, well, he's this and that and he's cooked. But then you kind of look and you're like, oh, well, he still, you know, gets this many shots on goal a game and he's not really playing with the most talented players. And what does this team not do? They don't shoot the puck. Uh, and who possesses the puck and shoots it a lot, even though it's not happening for him this year because he doesn't have talent with him? Phil Kessel. So who knows? Maybe maybe his age won't cost a lot. He can still move pretty well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously there's other players, but we don't know what Dallas feels about where they're at right now. They're They're clinging to the fact that they think they're ultimately a playoff team when I think we everyone else but them knows that's probably you know even if they sneak in are they really a playoff team probably not but I don't know it's just I don't know if Pavel and I've also heard a lot about Pavelski's really happy there and he wants to like live there and I don't blame him you know he's probably he seems like a family man it's like yeah you want to come to to New York City I was like I don't think so so I don't know well <laughs> Yeah, so I listen the Phil Kessel thing. I mean, that's kind of wild, but I mean, honestly, at this point, the bona fide NHL player, he's one of those guys. I think he's not ageless, but obviously his best years are behind him. But I think he is a guy that if you stuck him on the third line and then played power play minutes, I think you'd get a lot out of him because I feel like the let. The less amount of pressure is on him to be that guy and he can just be a supporting role. I think that fits him really well. And I think he kind of prefers that. Uh, yeah. You know, I, so I think it would work. Um, but, you know, to so I, I, before this whole Phil Kessel thing that you threw at me, which is, you know, kind of <laughs> Sorry me about like a ton of, ton of bricks. Um, <laughs> usually I'm the one with the crazy ideas. Uh, the I take teams that I think, well, I know that have no shot to win a Stanley Cup. and. I know they're in their own little world as a, you know, as the fans probably think that, you know, they can compete. But one of the teams that I think kind of missed the boat uh, and are kind of not revamping, but are going to have a lot of turnover in the next couple of years is the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, I I know they kind of just signed this kid, uh, but like an Adam Lowry playing like a big center like him. um, I know he's, you know, 28 years old but i think if he played third line center i think he'd be effective here and he he only makes like 3.25 million so i think you can go after him i mean are the winnipeg jets doing anything in the next couple of years i don't think so they're going to want a couple prospects and assets uh to kind of move forward or you know i know you know he uh he was on the uh columbus blue jackets but uh you know pierre luc dubois another center he makes five million a year. I don't know, Andy. I just feel like you know maybe one of those players that if they're available, you kind of go for. I don't know if they're even going to cost that much. Yeah, um, isn't PLD having a pretty good year? He might cost a bit, but he, uh, he might. But, be, but Lowry, but... Lowry's not a Lowry's not actually a bad. Pretty that's a pretty shrewd idea. I kind of like it. I think my only thing with Lowry, and again, I, I. If my memory serves me, he's a big skater, but he is maybe not the most fleet of foot. 
Um, and I think this True. team does have a real team speed problem. So as much as I think they love him because he fits their identity, sometimes teams need to like, especially after that, the game against the Hurricanes, they just kind of need to look and say, you know, we are kind of really slow. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think maybe a guy who is a little bit more fleet of foot, but that's a problem. I think that the Rangers have guys that can actually move pretty well and hunt McKeg and Rooney, and but they're all devoid of any skill. So if the if the Rangers could have a guy who was like pre, could get a guy who's pretty quick, but could also kind of like I don't know, put the puck in the net or shoot, that might be pretty good. You know, uh-huh. they don't even have to be the most balanced player in the world. It's just they need uh, more offensive drivers. Where they got a lot of guys that they they do the little things coaches love well, and they skate fast. In for and forecheck fast, but they don't apply it in terms of offensive pressure. How is this Cole Perfetti kid? Uh, he scored his first NHL goal the other day. I loved him in his draft year. Um, I you know, I think Perfetti, his deal is that he is uh, insanely IQ'd and super smart, but his uh, skating, much like Lafreniere, is like he's one of those, he's kind of like one of those guys like Adam Fox, where you're like, you're like, he doesn't skate very well or i don't want to say very well he's just because like fox he's really good on his edges but he's just not a burner so you're like is this gonna hurt him but uh he you know if when you have a big brain like fox instead of skating he's like why am i gonna skate like yes it's great kale mccarr will do like a spinorama and then you gotta do his pirouette edge work and adam fox is like i'm just gonna pump my head left three times and go you know one two three and then something opened up i'm like all right i'm gonna skate forward that's great i didn't have to do anything (laughs) you know so I think the hope for Perfetti is that his hockey IQ is so high that he can do that. But um, yeah, but he's got great. He's a great. He's got a uh, under deceptively good wrist shot. He's a great finisher. He's good at picking corners, and he's just he's got uh, awesome vision. So, but he you know he's not lighting the world on fire. He's very young, but uh, All right, yeah, well, scored his first NHL goal. <laughs> mm. uh, you know what? I love I love Kako, so I'm not I'm not ready to give up on him, but. Um, I do think Perfetti's smart and, and, you know, who knows if, uh, I think Perfetti's ceiling because of his vision is extremely high, but at the same time, I don't know if Kako hits his ceiling, he's Peter Forsberg esque. So actually it may, it may be he's like a poor man's Peter Forsberg cause he'll never skate as well as Peter Forsberg, but, uh, yeah. So who knows? Uh, the world is our, the Rangers, Chris Drury's oyster right now. And, uh, we can speculate for, for hours about who they're going to go for, but, um, I think we're running out of time on this one. Yeah, no, well, I want you to end it. I mean, we have a big, big four games to end the, uh, uh, the end of the month of January, which is crazy. Just, you know, weeks are flying by here. Uh, we have uh, a huge game against the LA Kings. We have another big game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, both you know middle of the pack teams that work really hard. Uh, then we have Henrik Lundqvist night, which is uh, Friday the twenty eighth against Minnesota. It's an eight pm game. Uh, that there's going to be a lot of energy in that building. Obviously, Zuccarello returning again. You know, it's always fun. Uh, Hank, him and Hank are best friends. Excuse me, I don't know where this is coming from. I'm having a burp, burp attack. And then you're, uh, you're just getting the, emotional. I am. Don't worry. Don't you, don't don't lie about it. It's okay. <laughs> you know, I did cry a little bit. I teared up. Uh, maybe it was the booze uh, a little bit when uh, Zuccarello uh, returned the first time. Uh, that was very oh, emotional. Yeah. I loved him. I mean, he was just an unbelievable player. Um, but anyway, we closed the month out with the Seattle Kraken. I'll be in attendance, so you can chalk that one up as a loss. Um, 
But Andy, we have four, you know, big games here to close the month of January and every game is crucial. Uh, you know, so and we'll end this podcast, even though only one game will be played uh, before our next podcast. So I really want you to kind of, you know, give your expectation of what you want to see the rest of the month and, uh, you know, see how the Rangers do with these four games coming up. All right. Rest of the month. I want to see a trade because uh, I hate I hate getting my hopes up and my brain going wild with all these crazy scenarios and trades that the Rangers can make for. And then they just kind of underwhelm you with like an Eric Stahl type. Um, But as far as the next segment of games, uh, winnable, they're winnable games. Listen, the Kings are playing really well right now. They waxed the Rangers uh, or lethargic looking Rangers at home, but it was, you know, they'd played a lot of games. It was a long road trip for them. So yeah, hopefully they make it at least a little bit more interesting. Um, Blue Jackets, winnable game. But again, uh, they're not they're not the easiest out. Although the Rangers have pretty much blew them out of their building and the MSG last time they played. But who knows? Maybe they're the Blue Jackets are hungry for revenge. Um, and then the aforementioned uh, Hank Jersey retirement night against the Wild. Uh, the Wild are a really good team. So uh, and usually I feel like most teams when they retire a player's number, they get blown. They they get they get curb stomped by the opposing team. It, and I think it happened. Uh, I think the Blues lost Pronger's re- uh, Jersey retirement night to um, to uh, the Predators. I th- someone had their Jersey retired last year, and then uh, their team got blown out of the building too. I just think it happens. I think it's so much is kind of on that, and then the, the other team is just kind of pissed off that they have to sit there and like pr- you know they have to be because they have to be in attendance too out of respect. And they're just sitting there, and it's not important to their organization, and then. You know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's never like a we got to win this one for the Gipper type moment for the teams that are retiring a jersey. They always just kind of, you know, if anything, maybe the pressure gets to them a little too much and then they lose. But again, I'll be more happy for Hank than caring if the Rangers win that game because while they're a good team. Um, but yeah, uh, listen, they have some winnable games here and we've set pretty high. Every time we make our prediction for a segment, we pr- we've kind of hedged our bets pretty high, and they- they've hit them this year, right? They, you know, maybe they don't always win the game we think they should win as a shoe in, but they they then end up if they lose a game they should win, they always then win a game that you think they should have lost. So you know, uh, especially considering we didn't think they would uh, beat uh, Toronto when they did. So that's great. So yeah, I just want them to continue their winning ways, whether it's propped up by their power play or Kreider or or the goaltender or whatever just yeah just keep in the habit of if you drop one it's not the end of the world but you got to come back and have a good performance they did it last night uh so hopefully they continue to do that and yeah i mean we're gonna release a podcast i'm sure our next podcast will be all about uh number 30 just in as we prep for an emotional night there so excited for that but um yeah, like I said, let's let's I hope Drury's uh, phone is is uh, yeah. I hope he's cha- you know he's got it plugged in because he's going to be needing it. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.